Get the kick right out of your radio. This is Radio Contact. Welcome to this week's Devil for the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Pax and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Joining the show this week, as ever, we have Paul Whiteside. All right, Paul, it's very, still very warm outside. Yeah, it certainly is. It was very warm at uh, Craven Park on, on Sunday as well, and all things are always very warm. And uh, I feel a bit miserable about that now, Rob. So I need you, I need you to cheer me up and do your magic tonight. We'll try and pick everyone up after after uh, Sunday's defeat. Joining us for his debut on the Devil in the Detail, we've got Joe Burns. Joe, looking forward to this? Yeah, we're looking forward. It's been a while. Been asked, been asking to come on. Finally got the invite, so I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Lots to talk about on this week's show, Paul. What have we got? We've got all the news coming out of the Sulphur Red Devils. We've got Ian Watson's uh, post-match interview uh, with Paul about the defeat against Hull Kingston Rovers. Uh, we've got Aunt Paul's amateur report of all the local sides uh, with their fixtures and results. And then we've got a big preview of the game against Casford on Friday night. So what we'll do, we'll start with the game against Hull Kingston Rovers on Sunday where we lost. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your Big Match Review. So, Salford Devils were defeated against Hulkingston Rovers on Sunday. 52 points to 22, Joe. Disappointing result. Yeah, disappointing result all round. I think we just did... Sunday, Sunday we just didn't turn up. It was one at Rugby League again, not for the first time this season. Kicks, we didn't make it. One kick in, attacking kick hit the try line. It was all five, six metres out. I just think we're lacking, lacking something that I don't think the current squad have. Yeah, it's a problem, really, Paul. Obviously, you know, confidence is low. Uh, going to Hull Kingston Rovers, you know, a game we really were looking at winning because they were below us in the table at that time. But unfortunately for us, you know, they got the win. They did. It was it was a bright start, as, it, as Ian Watson alluded to in the interview. And then Greg Johnson got injured. We got a bit of adversity and uh, we had to shuffle things around on that side, move Josh Jones into the centre. And we seemed to collapse after that, Robin. I think the one thing that, that is crying out at the moment from, from watching it from the stand is a lack of leadership. You know, we, we really do lack, lack a leader at the moment. And, you know, I don't like questioning players' art, but it's not a lack of effort, is it? People are trying. But the way we fell away against the side who were below us in the table, who were 11th, by 50 points, I think it's a really, really poor show. Yeah, it was disappointing. The team was Ed Chamberlain at fullback, Greg Johnson, Jake Bibby, Junior Sow, Del Olferts, Rob Lewis, Jake Shorricks, Lamataze, Josh Wood, Lee Mossop, Ryan Lannan, Tyrone McCarthy, and at loose forward was Matt Flanagan. On the bench was Logan Tompkins, Greg Burke, Daniel Murray, and Josh Jones. Um, Ed Chamberlain gets his chance at fullback. Uh, Joe, uh, do you think he played well? Yeah, his first run out, I know he had a run out last week. He had, I think he had. 25 seconds or whatever it was. He showed some good parts in the game. He he ran hard, he made some good metres. He eventually moved to centre, which it showed he was a centre later on in the game. His defensive reads was, was a bit better than Bibby's. 
and Sal's. But from fullback, he was confident in the high ball and his kicking ability as well. It looks like we finally actually got a kicker that can get us in vital points, and I think we'll need it in the in the middle eights and next couple of games. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I think obviously, you know, Ed Chamberlain has a has a kicking game, can kick goals as well. Uh, Paul gives us options round the rook. Different people can kick. Opposition have to worry about where it's going to go. Yeah, he looks quite a bright sort of player to me. He had a bit about him, a bit of zip about him. His defence seemed pretty solid and, and his goal-kicking abilities uh, is something we've definitely been lacking this season, haven't we? A regular goal-kick, you know. I think we had about four four players, have we? So, kick goals, Jack Littlejohn, Robert Louis. Who else has kicked Ed Chamberlain now? And there's somebody else who, whose McCarthy. name is kicked. McCarthy's had a go as well, yeah. So, we, we've, we've lacked that, haven't we, this season? And, um, you know, that's obviously something we need to look at. But there's... There's a lot more, isn't there, that we need at the moment, Rob, especially with coming into these three games. Now, we need to try and take some sort of confidence into what looks like going to be the middle eights now. Yeah, started well, though, Joe. Try by Greg Johnson early on, and, you know, hopes were, hopes were high at that point. Yeah, it certainly was. We had a good good start, good first 10 minutes. It was positive. We played positive rugby. We were completing sets. Kicking game was good from Louis Shorrocks. Chamberlain made a half a break in the, I think it was the third tackle, and Johnson just took took his try well from dummy half and then all downhill from there yeah obviously Hawkinson Rovers Danny Maguire instrumental for them Paul you know what do you think was the was the turning point in the game well as I said before it seemed to me when Greg, Greg Johnson went off we seemed to lose our shape and I don't think that's the complete turning point of the game but that had a bit of an effect on us but it's no excuse is it really Rob you've still got 13 players out there haven't you and uh, you know it, it just seemed to, uh, to to kick us off our, our game and we couldn't stop Hawkinson Rovers there in that first half they scored you know couple of back-to-back tries, I think, at one point. And Danny Maguire and, and young Chris Atkin as well, who was very impressed with the... They did a number on us, didn't they? And Adam Quinlan uh, linked up linked up very well. And their pack of forwards got on top of ours. I think they, they bossed us completely. And we've got some good forwards there, you know, like of uh, Lee Mossop, Matt Flanagan, Tyrone McCarthy, you know, Lama Tarzi, some big men there, some experienced men as well, Logan Tompkins. And I thought we should be we should be coming up with something better than that, really. You know, 50 points away from home, OK, is a really, really disappointing result. And I think it's probably our worst performance of the season. Obviously, momentum, uh, Joe, is a big, a big thing. Hawkins Rovers managed to get on the the roll, and, and we couldn't deal with it. It's it's how the players kind of react to that is the, is the thing. And it seemed on on Sunday that you know Hawkins Rovers were able to to run us run us all over. Yeah, it certainly was. I know Hukiara have been playing well the past couple of weeks, and going back to what Paul said, I think pack for pack we we matched them the starting starting pack, but their subs, I think Matthew Massaud, Donaldson. And, Rob Mulhern, I think James Donaldson got man a match for them on their Twitter account. I do think that is where we're lacking. After our starting night, we, we don't have anyone. I know Josh Jones will be a starter from now on. And it goes to show on Sunday as well. I think Ryan Lannan and McCarthy did 90 min- uh, 80 minutes. Sorry, McCarthy ended up going second uh, loose forward for a bit and then he, he moved into nine for the last 10 minutes. So I think this week, I think Watson will just regroup and get the lads bumped up for Friday. Yeah, I think obviously, Paul, phys- physically, you know, they've gone through a lot, haven't they, the players, and, you know, it's, it's tough in it, in a hot day, uh, away from home, you know, it, it's a difficult place to go. Yeah, it's a difficult place to go, okay, it's sort of partisan atmosphere, and he's, he's always tough, tough going there, and it was disappointing, Rob, that with it being a, f- a four-point a game as well, wasn't it, and, and that win from that game could have, could have got us into that top eight, he's still, he's still got a a lot to do with it with the resurgence of Huddersfield and Catalan. They've they've really turned their form round, haven't they? And uh, if you're looking at the league table now, Wakefield's getting dragged in, you know, to that to that that bottom eight. It's going to be a really exciting end to the season. It's just you want to hit that 
that the, the, the breakaway after the 23 rounds in form, don't you? And, and we seem to be, our form's gone out of the window a bit really now, hasn't it? And obviously Casper's going to be another tough test and we've got a trip to, to South of France. We're, we're looking on current form. The three games we've got left, you know, Leeds at home, we never win. So are we going to get any points from these next three games? Then obviously you're going into that then and knowing our look, we'll get Toronto away first game or something. And then you've got to hit that on form and looking at that, you need sort of four or five wins, don't you, to make that, that top three. So it's going to be a real tough battle to, to stay up this season, I, I believe. And, uh, I think we've got the players and I think we've got the fight. We've got a coach, Ian Watson's a fighter and I'm sure he's going to fight for him, scrap for every point. But let's just hope we have some positive uh, positive news soon, Rob. Yeah, we, uh, Paul, you spoke to Ian Watson after the game against Hawkins and Rovers and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. <coughs> right, Ian, Ian Watson joins me. What, what do you say after that, Ian? It was a, it was a tough game on it today. It was a good start, and yep. then things seemed to fall away. Can you put your finger on what? As well as we've started for a while, to be fair. Um, got into the game, we were going through all our processes, dominating field position, but then a little bit of adversity come against us, and at the moment, we just kind of fell away from it, and we didn't stick with what we were doing, and made a couple of errors, and then we ended up defending our goal line for the rest of the first half, and then they, we just... Capsize really. He's got 6 0 in front, and he, he looked like okay. I didn't see him up for it. You were penning him in their own half. Robert Lewis, some good kicks. Greg Johnson yeah. got injured. That seemed to disrupt you. Yeah, well, we, we've had to obviously put Jones into the right centre at the moment. Jones has been playing back row all the time, and, and they, expo they exposed that and exploited it um, a few times. How disappointing is it for you knowing they were below us in the table and they put 50 on us? Is that is that a, that must do it? Yeah, oh, no, it's desperately disappointing. I mean, look, they're always a tough team at Old and we knew we were going to be in for a tough game, but like I said, we started the game well and we were confident in what we were going to do. But it's kind of the lack of kind of fight that we've shown in that, um, not the first 20 minutes, after, um, the, the last three quarters, to be fair. There was a period in that middle of the game, I think the first 20 was alright, last 20 was actually 40 minutes there yeah. where they've done all the damage with it. Yeah. And that must be frustrating as a coach, especially with the game today, it's big game, four-pointer. Yeah. I mean, not, I don't know the maths of the top eight, but it's going to be hard to get in that now yeah. if, if we can. Anyway, the teams above us that are starting to pick up points, Catalans and Huddersfield, it's backs against the wall now with the small yeah. squad that we've got, another injury, Greg Johnson. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> mate, we're going to have to re reassess this week. And, uh, like you say, with a small squad, it's getting smaller by the day at the moment. We're not being able to get people out on the training field, but these are all by the by. It's about the guys who come on the field, about standing up and the performances now and their choices of what, what they want to do and what they want to kind of be remembered for um, as a group. What does the coach say to the players at half? You know, when you're losing like 36 yeah. six at half time, it must be difficult because what can you say? The game's really yeah. done, really, isn't it? Oh, no, we had, we had some pretty blunt and honest conversation about um, our standards and about that, about the way we started the first half being really good and then. The second part of the first half of was just crumbling and not showing any kind of resilience or any fight, and that's not what we're about. And as a group, we've got to kind of stand up and we've got to fight, kind of individually, and then as collectively as a team. And it, it's something we've got to learn because middle eights or super eights, it's not going to be, it's not going to be easy, and nobody gets anything easy. And we're at the moment are doing it very, very tough. How did you feel that Chamberlain went today? Showed some nice touches on his first. Yeah. It's obviously a difficult game for him. Yeah, he's had to play fullback, which is not a natural fullback. He's an out-and-out kind of centre. Um, but look, he stepped in there to fill a void for us sharp, today. Though, didn't he? Yeah, he was sharp. quick, mate. He was returning the ball back and making some good metres on his kick returns. But it's something we need to look at. We've, we've, got, we've got a small squad and we need to step forward and kind of show what we're about really as a group. And collectively, some players are going to have to play out of position. It's just the situation we're in. I know we always try and keep it positive, and I'm going to try and finish on a bit of a positive. Today, Jake Bibby chasing back there. I thought it was great desire yeah, that in the second half. Great, great yeah. tackle. Daryl Alfords as well. Yeah. I mean, you must be pleased with how he's playing. 
Yeah, just a little bit of positioning that um, we speak to Darrell about, but generally from where he's come from, from League One and Jake Bibby from where they've come from, from like the academy and stuff like that, they're doing a good job, but the learning at the top end um, of the elite competition. Is it up to these senior players in the squad now to, to stand up? We need them to, yeah, we need them to. There's a few there, aren't they? There's two names there. Well, what's it? Look, you, you, you've got players, it, people can't be thinking about, people have got to stand up and fight now for the club and realise that the clubs give them a lot over the last couple of years as well. And We've got some senior players who are obviously not playing at the moment who are on the way back from injury and hopefully we get them a little bit back quicker and they show kind of the commitment of what the club's shown to them. Luke Burgess, I'm going to ask you about Luke. A few yeah. people have asked me about him. He's not, he doesn't seem to be on the radar at the moment. Is oh, that an injury problem? Yeah, though? he's had an operation. Luke's had an right. operation. Right. Um, he just seems to be no one's asked about him. He's like the forgotten man. Ah, uh, right, okay, yeah. He's um, No, he's had an operation, Luke. Right. So he's... Oh, he's going to be a couple of weeks, mate, still. What uh, was that on? He on his knee. Right. Um, what had happened is the cartilage kind of has flipped out, so we've right. got a little bit of a tear in the cartilage, so it's making it really uncomfortable for him to run, and then sometimes it's kind of locking up on him. So we've had to just get it in and get it cleaned out. Um, and it, we always knew it was going to be a four week, but we thought we'd kind of get through. Um, obviously, regarding injuries, but then obviously people like Copy pick injuries up, Josh Jones picks injuries up. I know Josh was back out there today. And then it's the time scale of bringing them all back. Um, but yeah, ho hopefully he's not too far off. He started running, Luke, uh, as did Niall at the captain's run day. He started to run as That's well. That's good news, though. Yeah, so hopefully, but Niall, Niall, Niall's not ready yet, but he'll be a positive, positive signs, though. Yeah, yeah. Look, the, the big thing for us is trying to get through, um, like I say, mathematically it's tough now to make the top eights, but we've got to get is we've got to try and get the squad alpha so that when we can actually come into the eights, we've got a squad that can compete there because at the moment we've got 17 dead set players and half of them are patched up at the moment um, and you can probably see that in a couple of the performances but it's not it's not an excuse it's we've got we've just got to be better as a group I spoke to Chris Bryan yesterday and he seems to be making a lot of progress How, what do you what do you make of that situation that's another tough one isn't it he was yeah. had a really tough injury there and it's, it's we, we don't know mate is the perfect answer is we spoke with specialists they don't know they don't know how long it's going to be the physios don't know nobody really knows because of the complexity yeah. of the kind of the injury um, he's running he's starting to do a little bit of passing but he's, he's nowhere near it's the yet. contact I suppose anyway yeah, where well, you'll find, get he's, found he's out he's not allowed to touch anything like that yeah. at the moment yeah. and we can't do that because you're messing about with there you best of luck with this week building up to Cass and I'll yeah. see you next week mate right, thank, thank you so that was Ian Watson, Paul, talking to yourself after the game, frustrated uh, about the defeat. Yeah, you've got a feel for Wattle at the moment. I know we're trying to bring players in and I think there's all sort of obstacles in, in Ian's way and we don't know what goes on behind the scenes at Salford doing and, and Ian Watson's not going to tell me and I wouldn't expect him to but he's tough and he's got a tough job to do. I know people are saying he's, he's won so many out of so many and things like that but he's, he's hard. We've not got many players there. We've got no A team. We've got no reserve team. You're just playing with the players that you've got. We picked another player to Greg Johnson. He's having to shuffle things around. He's having to step in and, and train with the players along with Martin Gleeson. And what all picks an injury up, I believe, the other week. So he's working really hard, isn't he? So, so yeah, I wouldn't like that job. I really wouldn't. It's a really tough job. And um, he comes out every week and speaks to me and, and, and tells me what, what's going on. And, and I credit him for that. He always comes to the wicket. He never, he never, never shies off. So uh, I just hope he has a good week in training. We get some bodies back, hopefully, for the next few weeks. I know some of the guys have got long-term injuries, haven't they? Like Nia Levels and, and Chris Wellham is going to be a few more weeks as well. And It's just been one of those seasons, Rob, where we've been behind the eight ball from minute one with Manu Vatavai getting injured, Chris Bryan getting injured before the ball was kicked. 
uh, Gareth O'Brien gets sold. It's uh, He has a tough job, Ian. He really does. It's, it's a tough job, like Paul said, Joe, but stats don't lie. What is it? Is it seven wins in the last 30 games? It's And the, and the point scoring is not much good either. It's, it's, gonna, it's difficult, and you've got to take all the factors into the equation, haven't you? Yes, you do, but again, like you say, the stats don't lie. It's eight wins in 34. If we're just comparing averages on last year. We scored an average of 15 points this year to last year's 25 and conceded average conceding to 30 points this year to last year's 20. So it is hard to coach a deflated team, but I've got a bit of faith in what all to try and get us through that top four, and that's middle eights. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm confident, obviously, Ian Watson uh, and the boys will turn this round. I think massive thing coming up, Paul, with, with the Super 8s coming up, you know, is in, in freshening up that squad. Um, you're hoping that they might get, you know, somebody in and hopefully, you know, re-energise the whole squad and, and hopefully pull us in the right direction. That's the plan. Yeah, well, definitely. I think not so much the, the players obviously need uh, a bit of a lift. I think supporters need a lift as well. If you look at other sides, you know, Widness signed Anthony Gillian last week. Good positive news story there. I know that's for next season. Todd Kahn is, is coming to uh, to Hulkingston Rovers to, to boost them for this season. And it was funny in the press conference on uh, on Sunday, actually, someone from Hull, I think it was from the Hull Daily Mail, was fishing for a quote and uh, he asked Ian Watson... Uh, what do you think about the Todd Carney signing? You should have seen it. Ian could have could have killed him when that's there, really. I mean, he would have hit him, I think, if he'd got out near him. And uh, obviously, we're not interested, are we? We just want to concentrate on us. But that's that's how it is. Those sides are bringing guys in, and obviously, Hulk Air have got room on the salary cap. They just brought Joel Tompkins in as well. So we're we're battling against that. You know, sides that are strengthening, whereas everything that's coming out of Salford at the moment is really negative and in injuries, isn't it? So uh, so yeah, let's let's hope we can have a positive story. And yeah, obviously, you know, no confirmation of any transfers yet, Joe. We're still all waiting for the big news to break, if it does at all. But I think it's important Ian Watson gets gets something to try and turn this uh, the farm round. Yeah, it certainly is. I do think we need a new sign. I think, like you say, Hulkier, Huddersfield, everyone barring witness are picking up points around us. So I do. the club need a, a new face, let's say, to just lift them and try and get us them wins that we need. Obviously, looking at the stats, uh, Paul, top tacklers, uh, we've got Lee Mossett with 24, Ryan Lanning with 24, Tyrone McCarthy with 33, Mark Flanagan with 32, Dan Murray with 29. Forwards, you know, putting a big shift there against all Kingston Rovers. Um, <laughs> it's a tough one, Robbie. It is. It, I'm, I find it hard to sit here and defend them after, after a result like that and I don't ever, I've said it to you before, I don't ever like questioning players' efforts. I, I wouldn't because, you know, I respect every single one of them that goes on the pitch. And, and yeah, I'm not a big stats man like, like yourself. And th- there was a lot of missed tackles in, in the game, I thought, on, on, on Sunday. A lot of soft defence. And I think some of it was questionable at, at times. And I, th- I thought their pack out muscled us. I thought they did. I thought they did a good job on us. And, and we've got some big forwards there. And and I'm hoping to expect better from them and an improved performance this this Sunday again, uh, this Friday, sorry, against Casford. Yeah, top meter makers, uh, Lee Mossop with uh, 113. Uh, that's a lot of meters made there. Uh, Daryl Furt's 126. Daniel Murray with 120. Um, you know, obviously though, you need more players making big meters, don't you, Joe, to, to get us up the field? And it, you look look down the rest of the squad. There wasn't many, you know, going forward. No, there wasn't. <sighs> I didn't even think Mossop made that much on Sunday. Um, for most of the year, we have had a lot of backs making most of the meetings, so it does make a, a big surprise that our forwards are actually doing some work. Um, on Sunday, 
we like like Paul said, we did look deflated after a certain amount of time. Landon McCarthy doing eighty minutes is big asking them heat. Their forward pack, their sub bench coming in again. But it's nice to see Olfert's making their meters still. And I think Ed Chamberlain did a lot of meters as well and he did a lot of work on Sunday. All positives and hopefully keep his place. I think it was hundred and forty meters Chamberlain did so that's not bad for your first Super League game in over six weeks. Yeah, it's it, like you say, it's just a matter of improving it, Paul. And, you know, you're hoping, you know, with another week's rest and, you know, getting fired up for, for Castleford at home again in your own game with your own crowd behind you, you know, it could be the game that turns the club. It could, yeah. We'll speak about Castleford soon, won't we? But they're a side that's on form at the moment, aren't they? They're a crushing win against Leeds at the weekend and they're a very exciting side to watch. They've got quality all over the pitch, so that's going to be a tough game. I'd just like to give a special mention to Jake Bibby because I thought the desire and the commitment Jake showed on on Sunday, I can't remember what the score was when we was getting well beat because it was in the was it in the first half or the second? I can't remember. It was in the second half, sorry, when he chased back and tackled, was it Nick Struton? The, the forward there... It, it looked like he was all beaten there and it was a fantastic, probably the tackle of the season for me. He turned him over and, and, and stopped him scoring, but it was a real lost cause and the game was gone. We thought he had down at that time. And to chase back and show that sort of commitment, I think it's a credit to Jake Bibby and, and the player he is. Well, that's a good sign, Joe. It's a good sign that players, even though the game is gone, they'll, they'll, they'll run the blood to water to try and, you know, save something. Yeah, it certainly is. Jake is a, he's all about the minutes and the metres. He's been one of the top he's top try scorer at the end of the day as well. That's there's a reason why he's top try scorer. Out and out centre playing on the wing, he's putting hundred percent every week. I think he's only missed one or two games this year due to injury. I think that he's, him, Josh Wood, Ryan Lennon, they've done himself justice this year as young players coming in. I say they're quite experienced Super League players now as well. They've had three years behind the belt. There's a couple of other big efforts as well. Josh Wood coming off the bench, starting as well. He's, he looks like Waters, his new his new favourite hooker. Tompkins coming off the bench. Came on in the half. He created Bibby's try. He was the first man for, I think, Sal's both tries. And I think I do still think that's his best position. So a couple of efforts from the young lads as well. Like Ryan Landon doing 80 minutes. So it's all positive from the young lads. Yeah, obviously Lee Mossop as well, 113 uh, metres. Um, 8.69 metres a carry as well. Um a couple more of him in that forward pack and we'd be going forward, wouldn't we, Paul? Yeah, he's what Watto likes to call a big nasty middle, I think, isn't he, um, Lee Mossop? Yeah, and well, hopefully we'll see um, see Levy and Zungu come in this season as well. And we, we obviously left uh, Ben Nakabuai out of the weekend, didn't we? And he, he's another forward that I think we need to see a bit more of. Uh, he's showed potential this season, hasn't he? And you know, another guy, Gavin Benyon, perhaps we'll see him coming in in, in the middle eight. So you know, we, we're going to need these guys now. I think, aren't we? With being being low on numbers, Craig Copjack's another guy who, who we've who we've missed, haven't we? And hopefully he'll be back from from his injury soon. But you know, going forward, Rob, I think we're well covered, aren't we? Especially in the in the, in the front row. It's uh, it's been halfbacks have been the big problem all season, hasn't it? We've got young Jake Shorrocks in there, and you know, Jake's been uh, he's improved every week. He, He's a, he's a young kid who's learning the game, isn't he? And to step up from the academy at Wigan the way he has done and, and playing Super League, I think he's shown a few times in the last few games he's dropped that shoulder and he's nearly got through. And I'm hoping he does because he, he's worked really hard. But uh, at the moment, that half-back partnership with, with Robert Louis not really, really clicked. I suppose it comes down to confidence, doesn't it, Joe, really? And, you know, playing at a higher level in Super League, you know, he's testing himself against, you know, the, the elite, isn't he? And, you know, like Paul said, last few weeks, he's, he's shown signs that, you know, he's, he's, he's you know, could be at this level for a long time. Yeah, he certainly has. I think his first game was against Catalans at home, if I'm not mistaken. 
And even from that first game, I, the first thing I noticed, which compared to Little John, he was he was organising his back rowers. He was telling him where to run, which we didn't really see from Little John. We didn't we didn't see it for a couple of weeks. I know he got he was in and out of the team. Obviously, his confidence wasn't high, but he, he's getting a bit of run. He's organising players. You can see it on the pitches. Still needs to work a bit on his kicking game. It's a bit if and when. But apart from that, he can't be wrong. He's come up from the Wigan Academy. He's got something about him. He's come through an academy and he's turning out in a deflated side. He's coming out with positives every week. Yeah, big thanks for your, your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Uh, Tony Frame uh, went Pete Tong. Uh, his man of the match was uh, was Chamberlain. Um, Ian Peacock, team not bothered. Um, Pete wasted time. Oh, no man of the match. I think so. is, it, is that not too too harsh that they weren't bothered, Paul? Um, I said to you before, it's dead hard, isn't it? To say that because you're not out there, are you, are you playing? And, and you, you'll get people saying that, won't you? They travel a long way up to the game, and and it was a, a very deflating defeat, wasn't it? And it's hard to put put your finger on what it is. Is it confidence? Sometimes, you know, is it is it a lack of belief? You know, a players worrying about off field things. Is that getting on the minds as well? I don't know. Um, to say they've not put effort in, I think the only person who can answer that question is Rob as a player himself. Other ones, uh, Alan Walker, uh, ring the changes. Uh, Stephen, not good enough. I suppose with Ian Watson's little little squad, Joe, the changes aren't that possible, really. No, I don't. I have. I heard that we've only on Sunday we only had. 20 fit men and we lost Greg Johnson it looks like he's got a long term injury as well For a, we don't know anything about that so I think barring the 19 man squad I think it's only Gavin Benyon that could really come in I know we have young uh, Jack Radcliffe that's been training with the first team from the beginning of the year I know he's only 17 18 he's still at college he's a he's a fullback Watson says he's a fullback winger is it time to bring him in I know we've got some big games coming up anything's possible at the club at the minute yeah, give us your uh, man of the match, Paul, for the match against Stokings and Rovers. You did, you did. Um, you said, looking, what was it? Uh, looking forward to Friday, but I don't know who the man of the match was. Who was it, do you remember? Jake Bibby was my man of the match. Yeah. Jake Bibby was your man of the match. What about you, Joe? At the time, I would have said Ed Chamberlain. Just going off his metres, a big effort from a young lad and a ginger in the sun as well. I'll go for, Dan- I'll go for Daniel Murray. Seems he's got a bit more flair of him now he's lost his head guard as well. Yep, so Salford unfortunately defeated against Hawkinston Rovers, but hopefully we'll bounce back uh, against Casford on Friday. So, next up on the Devil of Detail, we'll look at all the news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week. So, the big news coming out of Salford Red Devils this week is the the fans bar is no more, Paul. Obviously, uh, the stadium have to run uh, as a business and they've decided to obviously get some um, is it office um, office workers in there instead uh, to generate some income, which which is fine, which basically um, stops us using it as a bar on a match day. But the club have decided to uh, sort of open up the, the tent uh, and hopefully with all the sun that we've got, Paul, it'll be a, it'll be a good thing. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, Joe was telling me before that it's going to rain on, on, on Friday night, so <laughs> we don't think we've had any rain for about a month, have we? So uh, and it's going to rain on Friday night when we play, but yeah, let's hope people can get down there. It's not on telly, it's 8 o'clock kick-off Friday night, and uh, hopefully the, the rain stays away. We'll try and make the rain stay away, and uh, people have a good night down there, and you've got the barley farm as well, haven't you, down there? That create a bit of an atmosphere, but if DJ Andy 
Wheels of Steel, do we call him? Yeah, Wheels of Steel. I'm sure he'll be on and uh, he'll put a request on for you, won't he, if, uh, if you can. And uh, it should be a good night. And I'm sure Castleford will bring some supporters down there. They're on a run at the moment, aren't they? And, uh, and, and aiming to get into that top four. So they're going to become and cock a hoop, aren't they, on, uh, on Friday night? And, you know, I'm expecting a response from, from, uh, from the game on, uh, on Sunday. Two things, Joel. The weather, the weather gods, they always say they're against Salford. Every time Sale play at the AJ Bell Stadium, regardless if it's like November, it's always boiling hot, always sunny, right? We play, every time we play, it rains. I'll tell you now, if it rains on Friday, we haven't rained for like eight weeks. And if it rains when we're at home, there's something wrong, isn't there? Yeah, it certainly is. And it'll just be, way this season, it'll just be Salford's luck for it to rain on Sunday, on Friday, sorry. But we do past couple of seasons we've not we've turned up in the rain we kind of play better rugby in the rain so you never know I know last year we played Leeds away rain that day we well, I know we didn't win but we we turned up that day one of the best performances last season so you never know with the rain we might win obviously you know with a tent Paul you know I think it's important the club kind of bring out some offers to try and get people involved and entice them into the tent. Uh, I know uh, Sale decided when they decided to promote the tent, they had free beer for so many uh, first few hundred people in the tent. I'm not saying that's the idea you need to go for, but you know it's something like that to try and you know get people in the tent and get it used and get people used to going in the tent if they aren't used to going into it now. Yeah, I think it'd be positive, Rob, rather than keep putting out a negative story because I saw that story yesterday and it just it ended up being a free-for-all of negative comments, didn't it, really? And, and that's what you, you don't want. You want to put a positive spin on things like, we've, we've made a living out of that, haven't we, the last few years, putting a positive spin on stuff I have, anyway. So, uh, so yeah, and uh, like you said before, Andy does a good job, doesn't he? And it's always a good atmosphere down there in the tent and hopefully they'll get the, the band back on Cinnamon Dinner because they, they play down there quite a lot and, and, and bookers as well, don't they? So if we can get them on perhaps for the, for the Leeds game, that's on. A, is that a fr- that's a Friday night as well, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, I'm sure that'll be 23rd of, of July, is it? That that Joe, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, and we've got the Catalan trip as well. So, there is a bit of positivity, isn't there, to look forward to? And we've not spoke about Catalan, have we? That's the, coming up the week after. So, uh, so yeah. I suppose being you've got to be positive, aren't you, Joe? A lot of lot, like you say, a lot of things going on, but you know, if everyone just gets behind them one more time, and we and we and we get a result against Casford, everything changes. Yeah, it certainly does. I think at, at the minute in time, I think the team, more than ever for the past couple of years, the team needs fans to turn up in numbers and support us. Come early, get a beer, settle in, enjoy the sunshine or the rain and just get behind the lads. I think if they see us out on the terraces, they'll turn up. If they see us deflated, they're going to be deflated and that's just how sport works. I think fans, fans and teams kind of bounce off each other, don't they, Joe? Really, in a way, and you know, at the moment, the players are, are, are down. Uh, you know, the fans are a bit down. You just need a spark. You need something just to to liven us up. And you know, we get a result against Castleford uh, at weekend. You know, everyone's super excited. Even if we don't and we play well, and, and us fans see the effort being put in, and we get beat, you no one can question that, can they? No, they certainly can. It goes back to the Warrington game as well on the Friday night. We it looked like for the first sixty minutes we turned up to that game, and it was just that last twenty minutes that just got us, and we didn't get that little edge. So if we play like we did against Warrington, and we cancel out like we did against Warrington, we cancel out Castleford. I think we're more than likely we'll we'll get the result if we play the same against Warrington. Yeah, big crowd will turn up, Paul, on Friday. Beer tent will be full, and we'll be celebrating a win. Yeah, big crowd turns up and uh, and Salford 
drub the Tigers. That'll do. That'll do us right. I tell you what, we'll set up for a thirteen twelve like it was last season, didn't it? And uh, it was funny because I was doing a preview for uh, Supporters Trust and, and whatever this weekend and for this coming weekend. And looking back at that game last year, is it no coincidence that the the guys who scored the points that last year are not longer with us? Ben Burnham still got two tries. And Gareth O'Brien dropped a goal, and I think. That's what we're fighting against this season, aren't we? We've, with those players out there now, but I suppose that's a, a story for another day, Rob. Yeah, I suppose that's your X factor, isn't it, Joe? That's the thing. It's you know they've got grafters throughout that team, but unfortunately, you need a bit of magic, don't you, sometimes to get you over the line? And you know because Ben Mertesacker and, and Gaz O'Brien, uh, you know, have departed and we've not replaced them. It's it's a tough, tough job for the for the team to to create. Yeah, it certainly is. I've said all season that we are lacking that. No disrespect to Jack Littlejohn, but that spark at Scrum Half, Louis is very off the cuff. He's not an organiser. Shorts has come in and done bits. And going off what Paul said, Murdoch Masilla and Gareth O'Brien last season with Dobson as well, and even missing Evels for a big chunk of the season, I don't think. I think our second rows have come up with five or six tries to get collectively this year when Murdoch Masilla got 15 last season. So. We're missing someone in every department. O'Brien round the back, Dobson and Murdoch Missilla. So it's going to be a tough ask, but I've got faith in the lads and I think we'll turn up on Friday. Yeah, that's all we're going to be celebrating a win this time uh, next week. Next bit of news. Uh, summer camp um, is happening, Paul. Very exciting time. This is at Eccles Leisure Centre. It's for children between the ages of 6 and 11. Um, it's from the 30th of July... Uh, and the 31st July um, it's going to be very exciting all like lots of support lots of sports going on uh, for the kids of, of Salford uh, and it's good to see the club out and about in the community doing that kind of thing yeah it certainly is the club needs to be out in the community it would be great to see a big Salford presence there at that, those events and let's hope the kids get the weather because if they get the weather like we've had for the last few weeks I'm sure they'll, uh, they'll really enjoy that so uh, so yeah let's hope we can get some of those kids to Salford to the, the games that are going to be, I think they, they, they'll be the middle eight games by then, or super eight games or whatever we end up in. I think, am I all right saying middle eights now? Because I think mathematically, it's, I don't like cursing and saying, oh, we're in the middle eights. Uh, but yeah, if Huddersfield win this week, I think we, we, we're resigned to it then. So we'll call it the middle eights anyway. So um, hopefully we can get some of those kids to come into those games because if we get the, the three or four home games or whatever it is, some of those are, are going to be exciting games, aren't they? It's going to be exciting at the end of the season. So, uh, so yeah, I hope all the kids enjoy that. Yeah, it's the 30th of July um, to the 14th of August. It's from 1pm to 4pm. And if you're obviously interested um, and you want to send your kids along to that, uh, contact sarah.davis at sulfurreddevils.net or call 0161 786 1591. Joe, and, you know, it's important. We're in the community and we're doing this kind of thing because, you know, we need. To, that's where our support is going to come from, isn't it? Yeah, it certainly is. And I'm going back 10, 15 years. When I was at the summer camps, it was... Something you look forward to as a rugby league fan, and I took friends with me who, who weren't rugby league fans, and every summer they they wanted to come because it's such a good time they had, and then they've become rugby league fans. Their parents have started coming, and that's where it all starts in the community. And I always remember beating Matty Smith in a kicking comp in one of them. So it is always I did that twice actually, yeah. yeah. Um, so I always I always remember that, and it's them little things. If they get players down, get some big names, get the mates coming just create more atmosphere for the club and the community itself. Just let's let's talk through this copy kicking competition. Was it like a, you know, from the touchline or was he banging front just you know paint a picture for us. 
It was uh, it was the last season at the Willows. It was if you remember the Matt Parish organised fun day at the Willows. They had the you're on the pitch. You had the passing through the holes, and it was a kicking comp. It was Stephen Ratchard and Matty Smith, and it was down the far end of the well, I don't know what side it was. The small stand side on the left side facing the shed, and you just you have to kick a forty twenty. And it was me and Matty Smith, and I got final, and I I got two, and he only got one. So it's a bit of a claim to fame that. Yeah, I think we might be might need Joe <laughs> on uh, on Friday. If it carries on. Yeah, sure. If you get your number, we'll pass it to Wattle. <laughs> we'll give you the bell. We'll get you in. Uh, retired. We'll get you in that side. Retired. He only said there about ten or fifteen years ago. I didn't think he was that old. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. That. Yeah, lots of other things going on. The supporters trust uh, buses. Joe, uh, they're running. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so we, they've got Red Devils one and Red Devils two. It's four pound fifty. A return starts at 6pm, the Red Devils 1 from Gala Bingo on Salford Precincts, going through to Regent Carpet Warehouse, the Wagon and Horses, Lamworthy Reds, uh, the Sovereign, fo- well, the Hope Pub for everyone that knows it, the Echoes Cross, and then on to the Dog and Partridge. Red Devils 2 starting on Manchester Road East at the Little Hutton Precinct, goes on to the Shamrock, Stocks Hotel, the British Legion in Worslet, the Royal Oak, Worsley Courthouse, the Edgerton Arms, and then Monton, and also now the Chill Factor, which I do think has been renamed now as well, so that's wrong, and the AJ Bell Stadium. And uh, how much is it, Joe? Do we know the prices and, and how you order the tickets? It's £4.50 return, and you can order them on the Salford Source of Trust website, which is SalfordRLFCST.com, and that's done all, only can be done on the website via PayPal, but also can be paid on the door the driver but it would cost 50p more there's also a four pound cash option one way return leg for after the game i think it's great paul obviously the supporters trust taking up that responsibility to to reach out into the the city and, and get the fans in to the to the game yeah certainly we started off with one bus and, and they've got two now haven't they so perhaps that's something that can can grow and can, can come from all sides of solving perhaps getting you know two or three buses on as it as it grows so uh, it's, it's definitely a good thing and definitely a positive thing that that's come out of the season yeah, other things that are happening as well. The Club 13 uh, have a Super League, Super Networking, Super Network um, event going on at the game against Castleford on Friday. It starts at 6pm and it goes on till 10pm. It's very important, I think, Joe, that, you know, they re- you know businesses in the in the local area of Salford, you know, get involved in this and then the club can then, you know, channel it into the club and hopefully generate some cash for it. Yeah, it certainly is. I know Andy was speaking about getting local discounts, local businesses, coffee shops and things like that. And I think the marketing event w- will work if the right businesses come in that fit the marketing plan that Andy's got. And if they're bringing them to the games and they like what they see, hopefully they can bring in some extra sponsors, even if that's just players, match day sponsors, just bringing that little extra cash in that we can we can survive on and go on to next year and plan on for next year. Yeah, it's all about community, Paul, and obviously it's not just about fans, it's about local businesses as well, you know, trying to, you know, help the club and, and generate income for them and help, hopefully, make us a bigger, better club. Yeah, certainly, and it gets those people on side with the club, and I've said to you, to you numerous times, Rob, that you, you've got to let the people of Salford know where we are, haven't we, and there's still people in the city that don't know where they're, and before you start, 
you know, going out to other places in other parts of, of the northwest, you need to let the people of Salford know you're playing that stadium when your games are, and get them loving and buying into it. Buying into it. I mean, the, the Willows, it, sort of the hub of the community there, wasn't it? And uh, I, I know the movement wasn't getting ten thousand every week there, and and everything wasn't rosy there. It wasn't all beer and skittles on at the Willows, was it? But we need to uh, carry on with this community feel, don't we, and start growing the club at the age of that. Yeah, the club had a had a business breakfast as well this week, Joe, and that that's a good thing, obviously starting that engagement um, and hopefully more like that to come. Yeah, it's it certainly is, Rob. The I think that this is the first time the club have been up with the sponsors and invited them in. It's been a very long time since we've seen it publicly that sponsors only positive. You see the the club director Andy Russell there, and please players talking to their sponsors which can only create positivity around the club and it shows positive on social media as well yeah and also in the community as well Paul all in the schools and in the colleges you know the club been out and about sending players to help the school you know the school kids train and and, and become better players that's 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 a great thing I think yeah and the, the work that's being done at Hotwood Hall College which we've mentioned in the last couple of weeks in Middleton there they've got a, a Bubba League Academy going there and you know, there's some good players come through there, hasn't there, over the years in that, that sort of area. So, yeah, it's all, it's all positive stuff, Rob. And we've got to make sure we're that number one side in the Greater Manchester area, haven't we? Because we are at the moment, we need to stay there. Yeah, so that's all news coming out of the Sofa of Devils this week. Next up, on the Devil in the Detail, we've got Paul Whiteside's Amateur Report, where he looks at all our local sides, fixtures and results from this week. 24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report, and we shall start off this week with the National Conference. Bit of a bit of a tricky week, really, for our local sides. Egremont Rangers beat Rock to 22 up in Cumbria trailing 16 points to 6 at half time Rochdale Mayfield succumbed in the second half to the Rangers who are second top in the table they're 8 points behind Hunslet Club outside the Agrimont Rangers so a decent side so a Field who stay third bottom in the table on eight points, just Wigan St. Patrick's and Might and Warriors below them. So uh, they're struggling to avoid that wooden spoon at the moment, Rochdale Mayfield. They're back in action this coming Saturday at home to West Hull. Moving on to Division 2. Saddleworth Rangers were beaten away at Hull Dockers by 24 points to 22. In Division 3, Gateshead Storm against Salford City Roos was postponed as Salford were unable to arrange some transport. And Waterhead Warriors against Wollstone Rovers was also postponed after vandal damage to the post at Waterhead. So the fixture for this weekend, as I said, Rochdale Mayfield at home to Westall. That's Saturday at half past two. In Division 2 on Saturday, Saddleworth Rangers against Drillington. Division 3, Dewsbury Celtic against Salford City Roosters and Oldham St Anne's against Eastmoor Dragons. Well, moving on to the youth and junior leagues, there wasn't much action this weekend, just one result to bring you, that was in the under-18s, this was on Sunday the 8th of July, and it was a Division 2 match between Burton Wood and Folly Lane, it finished Burton Wood 40, Folly Lane 16, the fixtures for this coming Sunday the 15th of July, in the Premier Division, under-18s, it's Lee Miners against Waterhead, in Division 1 of the under-18s, it's Wigan St Jude against Oldham St Anne's, Division 2, Burton Wood against South Trafford, and in the under-16s, Division 1, Folly Lane at home to Blackbrook, Division 2, Saddleworth play West Horton, Langworthy Reds play Warnley Central and finally in Division 3 on Sunday it is Rochdale against Salford City Roosters under 16s. 
in the North West Men's League. It was another uh, sparse weekend for fixtures and results. I'm not too sure. There's quite a lot of no results, a lot of postponements. Whether it was to do with the hot weather, I'm not too sure. But we'll start off with the Premier Division. Saturday the 7th of July, Folly Lane were beaten at home by Haydock by... 44 points to 28. In Division 1, Rochdale Mayfield A had a good victory. They beat Latchford Albion at home by 29 points to 24. In Division 3, Eccleston Lions 34, Rochdale Cobras 4. Wollstone Rovers A 34, Langworthy Reds 4. And in Division 5, Bolton Mets 34, Higginshaw 24. There's just two fixtures for this coming weekend, Saturday the 14th of July. In Division 1, Hindpool Tigers are at home to Rochdale Mayfield A. And in Division 5, it's Berry Broncos A against the Bolton Mets. Well, finally this week, just a bit of amateur news to bring you. If you're interested in Rugby League books, there's a book coming out called Rugby League, 100 Months of Rugby League in Wales. Pre-orders are now being taken for a special one-off charity magazine chronicling the ups and downs of Rugby League in Wales over the last decade, which is published on May the 3rd. Ian Golden is to produce 100 Months of Rugby League in Wales to raise money for two worthy causes, the Danny Jones Defibrillator Fund and Scott's Angels, which was created to raise money for the family of former Rugby League player Scott Besson, who in August 2017 was found unconscious. It was discovered that he had multiple fractures to his skull and a fractured neck, a fractured pelvis and broken ribs and since then he's had multiple strokes so 100 months of rugby league in Wales will be at least 136 pages reprinting monthly columns between January 2011 and April 2019 in addition to the 100 columns that tell the stories and the ups and downs of rugby league in Wales articles and rugby league world cup reports by other writers are also included the magazine's printing will be funded by pre-orders and advertisements so it's essential to order in advance all orders before going to print will be named in the magazine the aim anniversary of Keith Lacuga's Danny Jones death and he died at age 29 costing is only £10 plus postage and packaging it can be ordered at www.walesrugbyleague.co.uk forward slash magazine that's all in lowercase anyone wishing to advertise in the magazine it's £200 for a full page and £100 for a half page they should email all lowercase again ian.golden at walesrugbyleague.co.uk that's a fantastic uh, fantastic idea that you know Danny Jones tragic tragic death in rugby league and also Scott Besson with his terrible injuries and in you know obviously Salford have had a lot of uh, Welsh players over the years so I'm sure that'll be a great read so if you're interested in that get behind that and support that don't forget Salford Red Devils first team are in action this coming Friday disappointing result at Hull Kingston Rovers which I'm sure Rob has, uh, has said all about in the podcast but it's a uh it's got it down as an 8 o'clock kickoff here in the Rugby League Express, which I'm, uh, I'm reading at the moment, so I'm pretty sure it is, because we've moved all our fixtures to 8 o'clock from 7.45. So, Castleford Tigers at home on Friday night. I shall see you there. So, that was Paul's Amateur Report, talking about all our amateur sides. And next up on The Devil in the Detail, we're going to be looking forward to the Castleford game on Friday. So, Salford Devils take on Castleford at the AJ Bell on Friday night, Joe. Massive game for Salford. Yeah, massive. Some people say another four-pointer. I think we need to turn up. All we need to do is positive, positive all week. I know Watson will have them in here. He probably would have drilled them Monday, Tuesday, got them a bit rattled up and focus on captain's run, positive captain's run. Castleford, I think the third in the league, they're pushing for topped the second place. I don't think they can catch Saints at the minute. It's going to be a tough game, but I think we've got the starting 13 can put up a fight against them. It's a big test, 
Paul, for Ian Watson, obviously, with the chips down and, and injuries and form, you know, it's a moment where he can become a, you know, a super coach if he can turn it round. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And he's got the games to turn it round, Rob. I mean, perhaps the this game against Cass, the Catalan game and the Leeds game, aren't going to be as important now as those middle-eight games. But, like we said before, we don't want to finish in the bottom two, really, because we want the four home games. But I've been looking at that grid, and if we finish 10th, we play Toronto away. So it, it's tough, isn't it, where we want to go and, and what happens now. So the sooner we can get these three games out, out of the way, then we can attack that, that sort of Super League. Because these games really, say middle eight, these games really don't make much of a difference. They're just going to make up where you play. And I think the games in that middle eight are going to be tough. But I would prefer to have the, the four home games. Um, the game on, on Friday night against Castle is going to be a tough game. They've got some good players. I don't know. They've got a good mobile pack, as we mentioned before. You know, good outside backs, good half backs. You know, even without Luke Gale, they, they're still performing well, aren't they? They did a really good number against Leeds Rhinos on um, on Sunday. And I know people have been saying Leeds have got injuries, but I looked at their squad leads and they've got quite a few internationals in that side. And, and, and Castle beat them 42 points to 10. So Castle are dangerous. And we're going to have to be on our metal if we're going to get anything out of that game on Friday. Who do we look out for for Castleford, Joe? Who's your, who's your main men to look out for? I think the main men I would look out for is QLT around the back. He's an experienced championship player. He's coming to Super League first time at, I think he's 32, 33 years of age. And he's, he's kind of took the Super League by storm. He's scored a number of tries. I think he's scored every game up to now. He made an impressive debut at Warrington. And for me, it's the young lad Jake Truman in the half. So he's, he's coming in and out the side. In with Jamie Ellis being dropped at the beginning of the season but he's finding his own feet now he's taking a bit of hold for Luke Gale and no one else but the hooker Paul McShane for me he's, he should be international standard he runs their game even with Luke Gale for me he's one of their he's their best player he always tears us apart that McShane don't he every week Paul yeah he did do when he played he played witness as well I think McShane and Leeds when he played there but I think the, the, the forward pack as well that they've got you know Millington always seems to have a good game against us they've got Jesse Senna Lafayette uh, Nathan Massey Oliver Holmes Adam Milner the, the, the loose forward they've got quality haven't they and as you mentioned before Michael Shenton he puts Greg Egan in for, for tries for fun doesn't he so uh, and we've not mentioned Junior Moores as well he's a very very clever player so, so yeah it's uh, frightening you know looking look at that squad isn't it you know Castleford there Classy Cass, as they call them. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to have to be on our metal to, to win the game. And we need a, we need a vast improvement on, on Sunday's display at Oakington. Obviously, we'll be turning that out again. We're into a bit of an idea. Yeah, obviously, look, thinking about Ian Watson, in the last kind of three years, Joe, you've gone from fighting off the middle eights um, to, you know, the, 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 the sort of the top eight in the semi-final last year and then back to, to sort of struggling, you know, getting in the middle eight, the sort of middle eights again. It's been a roller coaster ride, hasn't it? I suppose he's learned, he's learned in different ways and, of coaching anyway. Yeah, he certainly is. 2016, his first full season as a coach, he kind of had an up and down year that year. We, I think we only won 10 games and lost 13 in the 23. It was a very difficult year. And then 2017, we had a couple of new signings. Louis and Murdoch Masilla settled in. He had a strong pack. He had a good half-back combination finally, full fit Dobson. And then this year, it's, it's kind of gone back down to 2016. So it is gonna. It's been a difficult transitional period for him over his three years at Salford, but I do think he'll get us through these these eights and keep us up. That's what we're hoping for. We're hoping for a, a strong middle eights because obviously we don't want to be, you know, coming into them last couple of games wanting to needing to win to stay up, do we? No, 
no, not at all, Reb. And there's going to be some difficult sides in that in that in that middle eights, isn't there? You're looking at it at the moment. Perhaps Leeds Rhinos could be in it. The form they're in at the moment, and you know how we farm against Leeds, we, we can never beat them, can we? You know uh, that'd be a tough game. Okay, looking like they might be in it. You know, I know they beat us, but they're still there and thereabouts. Aren't they? You've got Witness as well, and then Huddersfield, maybe Catalans. You've got Toulouse, you've got Toronto, London Broncos, Halifax, Featherstone. Um, I think London. I said London. Yeah. So they're the sides that are up there, aren't they? And I think the, the dangerous sides for me, at least Centurions as well, I missed out. Who are, who are chasing it? Dangerous sides for me are, are those. Sort of Featherstone, Halifax, London League, because they'll go into that sort of middle age with no expectations. Really. Will they there and probably say to them, let's, let's attack it, see what happens. If we can pick three wins, we could possibly get in that million pound game. So it's a dangerous situation, isn't it? You go into that, and I think you need to win at least four games, don't you, to avoid that. Nobody wants to go in that million pound game, do you? My only fear is that we, we don't make the million pound game, but I'm being a bit negative there. I? But I, I don't know, Rob, at the moment, the size of the squad. And the way players are getting injured, it's, it's bodies. We only, how many, it's like Joe said before, how many fit bodies have we got now? 20 players. Um, you need a 19-man squad, don't you? And we are really at the bare bones now, aren't we? And if you haven't to pick up any more injuries, then you really are struggling. So my only hope for these next three games now is we stay injury-free. We don't pick any more major ones up. I mean, worst nightmare on Sunday, you know, Greg Johnson's wandering about with one of them boots on his foot because he's picked another injury up. So we've not heard about that one yet, have we? So we don't want any of that this Friday night. Get through the game unscathed, put up a good fight. And see where it takes us. All right, Joe. First time on the Devil in Detail. Give us your uh, match prediction score. I'm going to go for Castleford 46. We, on the podcast, right? No, we haven't briefed him on here. On the podcast, Salford always win. So we'll, we'll do this again, eh? <laughs> he is. He might be after that meal, you're right. So, Joe, we'll go again. What do you reckon? <laughs> Salford 18, Castleford 10. 18, 10. Salford, that's what Joe's gone for, Paul. What do you think? I think you should let Joe have his prediction. <laughs> let, let, let him have his, like, that's his art prediction. Let him have his head prediction because, uh, you know, it might not be far out because me and you have been nowhere near, have we, this season? <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I think it's going to be a very difficult game, Rob. Um, and I'll probably be honest with you now. I never back against us, but this week, but I'll go with a Salford win from Silla, and I'm going to go 24-18 to Salford. Winning the, winning the rain. We're winning the rain, Joe says. I'm confident we'll win. The tide has to turn. The tide has to turn. We're struggling. The players had a whole week in training, you know, working at it, thinking about it. They're going to come out against Castleford in that first 20 minutes and blitz them. So I'm confident that we'll be winning on Friday. I'm thinking Salford 20, Castleford 10. 2010 Salford and uh, Nando's for me on the Saturday. When you mentioned there about us winning, I looked at you and I thought, this is stupid. But you know what? I think it's a confidence thing, Rob. I think if you look at our squad, I know we've mentioned about the injuries in, in the situation with small squad. We have got some good players in there. We forget that sometimes. Don't we? Those players are capable of turning it around. We, we showed against Warrington for, for long periods of that game against Warrington. We, we were well in that game. It was 14 apiece, wasn't it, until the last sort of 15, 10 or 15 minutes. And Warrington a good side. And if we can take that belief into this game against Casper, I think that's why a lot of it, a lot of it's in the head now, I think. You know, we, we, we seem to to go into our shell against Oakington Road when we went a few scores down. It's, it's getting in that arm wrestling and what's going to lead into the interview. If you can, can stay in that arm wrestling and stay there, 
you've got a chance. So let's hope we, we can get in at Armistice on, on Friday night and upset Castleford a bit, get amongst them, and uh, I'm sure we can put up a good fight. What do you say? Where's confidence go? Where does it come from? It's 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 that kind of thing, Joe. You know, all we need is one moment. One moment, it lifts everyone, and then we'll go on from there. Yeah, it's always that one bit of genius on the rugby league pitch. I know going off when I played, it's that one bit of that's that moment where the fans get lifted, the players get lifted. Could it come from Robert Louis, Junior South, new boy Chamberlain from the round the round the back? We don't know. We don't know what he's going to set up. It's looking like Jones in the centre, going back to his 18, 19-year-old days at Saints. He's a talented player. I think I'm going to go for Josh Jones, man of the match, and he'll create that moment. So we're asking for that magic moment, just like a Joe Burns 40-20 at the Willows. <laughs> so this is the end of this week's Devil Detail podcast. Another great show, Paul. Yeah, really enjoyed it. You've cheered me up, Rob. I felt a bit a bit down the last few days, you know, sulking at home and you know, reading stuff out online and it gets you a bit a bit down, doesn't it? But I feel a lot more positive now. He, he does this every week, he's like a shrink. Rob's <laughs> like my shrink. He sorts uh, he sorts my head out every week with his, with his wonderful predictions and, and positivity. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to Friday night, lads, and uh, I've enjoyed the show. Yeah, it's been a been a great show. Joe, enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hopefully we'll be back soon, yeah. I know I'm quite happy about Friday now. I'm looking forward to it now after this. Still think Salford win though. I've worked to Andrew on you both for you today. I'm just confident they've got a good team there. The players that are good enough, they're good enough. All they need is just one moment to turn it round and hopefully starting against Castleford on Friday night. So that was the end of this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Radio Contact. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.